You're listening to the Worldly Oracle official podcast of Burning Hollows production. We are your otherworldly hosts, Kitty Fields and Alora Rain. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to hit the subscribe button to receive notifications of future weekly episodes. Visit Alora's website at alorarain.com to grab your tarot reading, numerology, or soul origin profile. Don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Mummy as Well, where we explore taboo topics in the witchcraft community. And if you'd like to get your hands on supplemental BOS pages, as well as exclusive minisodes, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash burninghallows. Also, before we really dive in, we'd like to stop and give a shout out to our newest patron, Missy. You are such a magical creature, and we thank you so much for the support. Now on to the show. Images of witches are synonymous with those of graveyards and cemeteries, and for good reason. These places of rest serve as memorials and mausoleums to our ancestors, as well as gateways between the realms of the living and the dead. Witches often find cemeteries and graveyards soothing, a place where they are understood, can explore spiritual gifts, gather magical supplies, give offerings, and find solace that doesn't quite exist among the land of the living. Join as we unlock the magical mysteries that exist beyond the graveyard gates. Hello, hello. How am I sounding tonight? Uh, it's been a trial. <laughs> <laughs> a witch trial? No, not one of those. A Mercury retrograde hurricane trial. <laughs> uh, for real. Before we really get going into this episode, do you have an affection for graveyards, cemeteries as a person and or as a practitioner? I mean, I feel like every witch will say yes, but maybe that's not the case. But for me, it's definitely a yes. Mm. I don't find them as disconcerting or like disturbing as people do. I think they're actually very peaceful. And I typically have a very restful time when I'm there. And I've even had some pretty major spiritual experiences. Yeah, same. Yeah. I figured you you would say the same. Well, I think comfortability in graveyards and cemeteries from an early age is a really good clue that you lean to the metaphysical Hmm, and may even have spiritual abilities for communicating with the dead. Uh, mm -hmm. In Western culture, we are taught that funerals are macabre and solemn affairs where the dead are placed into the ground. Mm -hmm. And... For the most part, cemeteries are depicted to be scary places, especially in modern culture, right? Yeah. Hollywood, yeah. et cetera. Uh, but from age 12 to 15, I actually lived across the street from a pre-Civil War, post-Civil War era cemetery. Ooh. This is part of the reason that my mother started calling me Wednesday quite often. <laughs> 
Back then, us kids were booted outside and told to go play until lunch or dinner was ready. And I lived in a tiny town where I couldn't possibly get lost. So some days I went fishing, but most days I could be found just across the street in the cemetery with my journal and sometimes my Walkman. (laughs) (laughs) I loved sitting in the cemetery to journal because I experienced a sense of peace that I couldn't get anywhere else. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to mention in a small town, there was little to no noise except for that of crickets and crows. Yeah. Um, And I would often bring freshly picked wildflowers with me to leave at a random grave while I was there and a snack just in case I got hungry. And sometimes I would have an irregular heartbeat or feel weird emotions that washed over me while I was there. But looking back, I know now it's because I was feeling spirits in the graveyard. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess my point in recounting this story is to say that if you're listening and have a similar story, it's quite possible that you have always been in touch with those beyond the veil with some amount of comfortability. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just find them to be really awesome liminal spaces. Yeah. And I think like what you said is if you're comfortable in some of these liminal spaces, like a graveyard or cemetery as a child, that I feel like that's telling, like what you said, it's kind of telling that you're a witch or you have some kind of psychic abilities. Right. So not just a graveyard, but there's other liminal spaces too, that you might feel more comfortable in that other people will say is weird or, you know, whatever. Right. Exactly. Oh, so I guess I should tell my cemetery story here. Okay. So I have a couple of cemetery stories, but the one that I wanted to tell here is that one time in a cemetery that's actually local to me now, it used to be that I, I lived somewhere else and I worked in this area and I randomly came to the cemetery and I met what I believe are hundreds of Fae. Mm. And essentially it was a time where I w- came to the cemetery to just have a moment of peace. And I was crying about a family member who was treating me poorly. And all of a sudden there was these just hundreds of thousands of dragonflies or what I thought was dragonflies like flying around me. But the weird thing about it was that I kept trying to see them, you know, like to make that confirmation and I couldn't. And it was just really like comforting. That's really cool. Yeah. And that happened in a local, I actually live in the area now and the cemetery has some of the first founders of the town buried there, which is kind of cool to know. And then, so another time I visited a cemetery, uh, local to hear one of the older ones. And I was pretty sure I had a little boy follow me home. And later I found out like how he actually passed away a long time ago, like a hundred years ago. But I, I weirdly enough, I did a Google search on his name and the city and the dates and I pulled up a newspaper article. So I thought that was pretty wild. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, cause you don't like, listen, you can go to a cemetery and write down like a hundred names and try to Google them and nothing's going to come up, you know? So to feel that this kid like followed me home and then be like, actually look up his name and it pops right up was pretty jarring. Mm. you know i can imagine yeah so that's i mean i i think like what you said you're gonna have a comfortability there that most people don't people might even say that you're weird because you might hang out there Mm, yes yeah so 
Well, Laura, can you tell us if, is there a difference and what is the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard? Sure. It's actually really simple. Graveyards are attached to churches and cemeteries are not. And that's it. That's funny. Cause I used to, I just feel like a cemetery is such a prettier like word that it's like, you would think it would be the cemetery by the church, you know, but it's not, it's actually the other way around. Right. So as far as etiquette, if you plan on visiting cemeteries or graveyards and doing some workings there, can you start giving us like a rundown of etiquette? Yes. So this is etiquette from an, uh, cult witch's perspective or just a witch perspective, I guess, mm-hmm. practitioner perspective. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. one of the big ones that I always kind of go on about is head covering. Yeah. I don't think that people heed this advice enough, but whenever you're going somewhere that spirits are likely to roam or be, it's important to cover your head. Uh, this makes you less vulnerable to psychic attack, spirit attachment, spirit possession. Um, and the reason for this is the, as of the top of your head is connected to spirit for most people. Mm-hmm. So covering it kind of puts a lid on it, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. to speak. Uh, and I, I even cut, will cover my third eye to a certain extent. Yeah. That's another good spot. And I was actually thinking when I was reading over this before for me, for whatever reason, I feel like the back of the neck, like right at the top of your spine, Mm. like that one major point in the cervical spine, I feel like that's kind of vulnerable too. So, you know, if anything, you can pop your collars. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you wear a hood, even that covers, you could cover all the way from your third eye, like over the crown of your head past your neck right right correct yes it's a hoodie y'all like it's not that difficult you know (laughs) exactly you don't have to get super complicated with your head covering (laughs) right I mean unless you want to but you know yeah I typically wear scarves when I go but I don't know how to do that but I do beautiful well I don't do it in any fantastical way (laughs) like legit a bandana (laughs) okay Okay, so you look like all, a badass when you do that, don't you? <laughs> what color is your bandana? Uh, it doesn't. I don't have. Don't typically have a specific color. <laughs> Red, black. Come on, you have one. Is it camo? No, I mean typically <laughs> I go for white bandanas, but that's just me. Okay, I see. I like that. I like, like that. The, the white and black. Telling you, Laura walking into the cemetery like a badass with a bandana on. <laughs> uh, okay, so the second thing, uh, as far as etiquette goes, you should always bring an offering. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, I mentioned that I picked wildflowers to leave at a random grave, uh, but I didn't. I, I this is something I just instinctually did. But bringing an offering to the spirits shows respect and even picking wildflowers and leaving them uh, in the cemetery is an offering. Yeah, I think that's something that's naturally ingrained in us and we just didn't ever realize it, you know, till you realize it. Right. I also thought it's interesting when you dig into all this stuff, flowers like at a funeral, they're not just simply they're not just simply offerings. They, they're definitely offerings, but um, in Victorian times, they were used to kind of um, 
make the area smell better, I guess. Yeah. So, but anyway, sorry, that was kind of morbid. No, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, we don't, there's so many origins to these things that we just, we instinctively just do it like traditionally without realizing, but yeah. Right. And that leads to, okay. So we know that, you know, flowers are offerings, but what other things can you bring to a cemetery or graveyard to leave as an offering? Mm -hmm. One of the most popular would be coins, Mm -hmm. especially left by the front gate before you enter. Also herbs, baked goods, and alcohol are at the top of the list. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think you had some as well that you thought of. Yeah. So the little boy, um, in, in the local cemetery that I kind of had a connection with, I had given him a stuffed animal, just a small one. So you can give stuffed animal and stuffed animals and toys to children. Um, but particularly like if you plan to return and care for the gravesite, like don't just leave something that's not biodegradable at a gravesite and then never go back because someone else is going to have to take care of that, or it's just going to sit there and rot. Right. And to yes. me, that's a little disrespectful, right? Right. Yeah. And so I also said when I die to please everyone bring me some Cabernet and some really fancy cheese <laughs> and maybe like a monster energy drink. Cause I'm a little addicted to those. <laughs> you can count on me. Sweet. <laughs> the next thing on the list, uh, in the etiquette is not to remove anything from this site without permission. Mm -hmm. This is a little gray area, right? So Mm -hmm. asking spirits whether you can take things from a place inhabited by lots of spirits can be tricky. For one, especially if you're a novice with graveyard and cemetery work, spirits can easily manipulate and trick you if they are unwell or malevolent, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and often a lot of times removing things from a graveyard can result in spirit attachment. Uh, this has happened to me before from a rock, believe it or not. So how did you realize that it was the rock that had the attachment or that was the vessel or whatever you want to call it? Because the attachment occurred just after that particular visit. Wow. And when I went, I, at the time I was not in a coven, but I was studying under an elder mm-hmm. and I basically went to her and said like the X, Y, Z is happening, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, have you been to a cemetery recently? And I said, yes. And she said, did you take anything from the cemetery? And I was like, no, not that I can think of. And then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> Oh, I was like, I did take a rock and she was like, you need to put it back. Wow. So I did. And that was the end of it. I believe it. I, I really believe that things can be, have attachments like that. I, so when my mom and I visited Savannah, we stayed in the historic district and we, if you walk through, I think it's like old colonial cemetery. I can't remember the exact name, but it's in the middle of the historic district. Legend has it that if you just walk through it, that you'll have a spirit attached to you for a week after. Mm. I didn't know that until after I had walked <laughs> through it many times and taken pictures and EMF readings. <laughs> oh, nice. Derma. Yeah. 
pretty sure I brought home at least two spirits with me. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was pretty wild. And I had to like eradicate them, you know, so definitely believe that anything that you take from a graveyard, whether it be physical or even like pictures or whatever, you can definitely bring home some spirits. Which is interesting because we also use graveyard dirt mm-hmm. a lot. So we'll get into that a little bit later. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What okay. about like respecting the rules of the site? Okay. So if you want to be in a graveyard or cemetery, especially after hours, you need to get permission and get it in writing, especially so in most places it's illegal mm-hmm. to be in graveyards or cemeteries after hours. You yeah. can actually yeah. get pulled up by the police for it. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, however, not like robbing graves and shit. Stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the caveat to this though is if you know somebody's family or someone who owns a particular cemetery, which I have, and they say that you're allowed to be in there after hours, mm-hmm. uh, you can negate this by getting it in writing so that if the police do come, you have the, all their information, phone number, et cetera, for them to be contacted to say that, n- no, you have permission to be there. So... Y'all, Alora's got the VIP hookup. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have the VIP hookup. I this was when I lived in Arizona, and uh, the the elder that I was just talking about that I w- had studied under. It was her family cemetery that we mm. used on Samhain. Got you. Yeah. After hours. That's so. awesome. So what about etiquette when it comes to headstones and graves specifically? Okay. So first and foremost, try your best not to step on anyone. It's hard sometimes. Yeah, it can be difficult, especially if they're, it, it's a densely populated cemetery. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This actually, this particular rule or, or etiquette, uh, guideline Mm -hmm. was taught to me from an early age uh, because it crosses faiths I think um, that you just you just don't do it if you can help it you also don't ever want to sit on a headstone that's no just I don't know who would do that that's just a little bit ridiculous Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't litter and treat the site don't litter and treat the site as it's meant to be treated. You're on hallowed ground. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't treat it like a trash can. Yeah, for real. Some of these things we would think are common sense, but you know. Say it louder for the people in the back. I get it. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. lots of websites talk about cleaning headstones if you can for the people you visit. And I have to respectfully disagree with this. Yeah, And the reason that I do is because when I was in university, I actually took a course on public history and one of the modules, one of the, not semesters, but one of the units that we did was all about cemetery restoration, which actually little known fact, I almost made into a career, Hmm. but you would really be surprised how technical cleaning very old headstones can be. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially if they have hundreds of years of moss and weathering on them. Mm -hmm. 
if you want to do anything at all to clean headstones, I would just do my best to use regular water and a yeah. light sponge. Mm -hmm. um, because using anything chemical, et cetera, you can really damage the stonework. You can, it, it can literally crumble. Agreed. So you can look into the proper ways to clean headstones too, if you're really into it. Um, but I guess basically what I'm saying is research this topic really heavily before you take on any headstone restoration so that you don't damage anybody's resting place. Right. And by the same sentiment, also don't do any rubbings of headstones either. Uh, cause I know that that used to be a really popular thing to do to mm -hmm. take, you know, um, Especially parchment paper. Yeah. Yeah. Parchment paper or whatever. And do like charcoal rubbings, but no, don't do that either. Because again, you can damage the headstone. Hmm. Next thing on the list. Do not antagonize the spirits. But, uh, that's yeah. Definitely don't want to do that. So talking to spirits in these places is absolutely okay. Right. And, and encouraged, right? Yes. But what is yeah. not okay is taunting, antagonizing, or just pissing them off for the sake of trying to capture paranormal activity or flex your psychism muscles. Like, do not be Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures. Just don't do it. I mean, he's not that cool anyway. So, oh, y'all, unpopular opinion. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of his, but I really, any of those episodes where he's shouting at spirits just turn me right off I'm just right like, yeah bro you're you're like freaking stirring up some stuff that doesn't need to be stirred up right yeah right exactly and i just wanted to add before we go any further something else you don't want to do you don't want to dig up any graves <laughs> i mean you said something but it should be like common sense but some people no, I'm just kidding. That's kind of dark. I apologize. <laughs> go ahead with photographs. Photographs. This is a tricky one because there are people who go around photographing headstones for a living for historical and genealogical purposes. Mm -hmm. But while I don't think it's strictly off limits, what I will say is it may agitate already unwell spirits that reside mm -hmm. in the cemetery or graveyard. So just be careful with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so why don't we talk a little about if there's magic to be done in cemeteries? Let's start with Claire abilities and mediumship, because I think that's like at the top of the list. Definitely, yeah. Cemeteries and graveyards are wonderful places to practice leveling up your psychic skills from working on your Claire's, like clairsentience, clairvoyance, clairaudience, etc. Uh, one by one to practicing outright mediumship. Mm. And if this is something that you want to do or something that sounds interesting to you, I highly recommend doing this during the thinning of the veil seasons of the year. Mm -hmm. um, so as we get closer to Samhain, as we get closer to Beltane, uh, as well. Yule as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
Anytime the veil is thin and also any type of astrological event that may heighten these senses uh, would be a good time to go out and just practice. Awesome. Love it. And it's especially useful when you know somebody who owns the cemetery and knows all the stories of the people that reside there. Right. Because, right. You, you know, you write down your observations or you write down, you know, what you're sensing, what you're feeling, or you record it in some way. And then you can go back to that person and they can tell you if your senses are spot on or, or not. Hmm. Very good. So what about the one ingredient that I feel like is probably on a lot of people's minds, graveyard dirt? Okay. Graveyard dirt is mostly associated with hoodoo in the U.S., but has a long and colorful history among many cultures, including Germany, Sweden, and Norway, to name a few. I reckon it's widely popular in most folk traditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Use of graveyard dirt can be traced as far back as the 16th century in written word and is thought to have a long history prior to that, which was transmitted by oral means only. Mm -hmm. It's important to note that the method of dirt collection and rituals, which are attached vary from culture to culture. Yeah. Makes sense. So graveyard dirt is a popular magical ingredient that we are going to get into a bit later. However, one of the reasons it's so popular is because it lends itself to the realm of both contagious and sympathetic magic. Graveyard graveyard dirt as a contagious magical ingredient would be collected with the purposes of infecting an individual with an ailment that was suffered by the deceased person's grave where the dirt is collected. Whoa. Right. That's uh, wow. Mm. Yes. This is some heavy stuff. It's interesting and also dark, but also interesting. And then graveyard dirt is also a sympathetic magical ingredient because it would be collected with the purposes of gathering and identifying symbol of the location itself, as well as its emotions, themes, et cetera. So like, Oh, uh, rebirth transformation. Yeah. What have you? Wow. Graveyard dirt has a wide variety of uses from hex breaking to protection, to cursing, to divination and even ancestral workings. Yeah. Yeah. If you want more information on how to use different types of dirt in your workings, I actually wrote an article on Otherworldly Oracle. It was posted again not too long ago, uh, but it's called Graveyard Crossroads Church Dirt, um, and it has a plethora of other kinds of soils and how to use them in spells. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. And the gathering of graveyard dirt, remember we said don't take anything from a cemetery or graveyard. This is the gray area, right? Mm -hmm. So if you do collect it, definitely be sure of what you're doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or understand that there may be consequences, right? Right. Yes. And like in this, I don't know. Okay. So in the sympathetic realm of magic, another example here is like, if you're wanting to instill courage and bravery, right. You would Mm -hmm. maybe collect 
the dirt from the grave of a soldier. Right. So that's what we mean, like symbolic wise for graveyard dirt specifically. And if it was a soldier ancestor, even better. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Ancestor graveyard dirt is, I feel like adds an extra bit of oomph. Oh yeah. uh, To workings. If, if you can find them. (laughs) True. Okay. Then we have ritual. So rituals can be performed in cemeteries and graveyards, uh, whether it's a personal coven or open circle, uh, these can be great places for, these can be great places to conduct powerful rituals of transformation. Yeah. I would say follow the etiquette of working in these spaces, uh, by bringing along but bringing along supplies is expected. So as long as you clean up your mess before you leave, you should be all good. Again, Mm -hmm. don't treat this space like a garbage can. Yeah, really. Another ritual that's really popular among these spaces are those that invoke ancestral protection or healing, especially if it's a place where your ancestors are. Yeah. I love that. That's okay. And last but not least, I threw in here divination. Mm-hmm. Yay. So <laughs> I've never done this to be honest with you. Really? I really know. Uh-uh. I used to love to throw tarot cards in cemeteries. So throwing tarot cards, runes, bones, and charms is welcome in these places and can provide insight that you may not get in your regular divining space, being that you are in a gateway to the other world. Or a liminal space. Oh, you know what I remembered? I have used a pendulum recently. So I guess that's kind of the same thing. <laughs> See? See? You can also divine in these spaces looking for natural omens within the space itself. So types of feathers that you may oh, yeah. find on the ground, animals you may see, or even sounds that you hear. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you can even divine in the dirt. Oh yeah, definitely. Or use a pendulum. I've done that before to to speak with the spirits there. Yes, correct. I mean, and you can even use talking boards, but I wouldn't recommend it. I don't, I didn't do that. I just did a simple yes or no kind of pendulum deal at the time. Right. So what about when you're, if you want to leave the cemetery, is there some kind of etiquette that goes along with that or just spiritual ritual in general? Okay. So for rituals or magical workings, of course, you want to make sure that you've got your protections in place. And you also want to make sure that you close (laughs) rituals and close workings like formally before you leave that space. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're just leaving open a portal. Yeah. We don't want to do that. No, that would not be good. But when leaving a cemetery, you always want to thank the spirits for allowing you into their space. Just like if you were to, you know, if I was to go to your house, of course, I would thank you for having me over. So there you go. Better. (laughs) I'm with you. And again, anything that you have picked up, put back. Um, A lot of times when in a cemetery or graveyard, I will pick up a rock from the ground. And this is the reason why I had the rock. So 
there, there is a method to my madness. Uh, but I pick up a rock from the ground to keep on me while I'm there. Mm. This is so that I can grab onto it and ground myself quickly. If I get to woo woo, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, definitely. But again, put the rock back. <laughs> yeah. I can't stress that enough. Oh yeah. I agree. And, and sometimes I feel like even if you don't take anything, there's going to be times where you're going to be dealing with spirits anyway, like trying to follow you. Mm, yeah, for sure. Especially if you're sensitive in whatever way. So be aware of that. Right. And cleanse, know how to cleanse and ward and all those kind of things. Definitely. And I, anytime that you leave a cemetery or at least me, a cleansing before I walk into my house is in order. Yeah. I usually have all my cleansing stuff sitting outside waiting or in a garage. That's smart. I remember when I came back from Savannah, I drove over bodies of water and I went, well, spirits can't cross the water. So I'm good. And then what? Yeah. Yeah. You never heard that. The spirits can't cross water. No. certain traditions oh yeah yeah yes absolutely so it's not in every tradition but i always thought okay well that's the thing yeah no See, I'm, just i don't think that that's true because i definitely brought them home with me and i crossed like multiple bottle bodies of water no i think i've always thought the opposite i've always thought that water is a conduit that's what i'm saying it just depends on the tradition right you know, we could say, oh, spirits are scared of fire, but then there's other spirits that are live in fire. You know, it's. Yeah. And especially like as many paranormal adventures as I've been on, I can confidently say that properties located near a body of water are probably 10 times more activity. Right. I know. I'm not saying that what I was thinking is logical. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping yeah, no. that I bring any spirits where... home and I did. Okay. <laughs> no, I was just explaining where my thought process comes from. I'm with on... you. I'm with you hundred percent. I'm just teasing. But at the time I was just, I was literally just trying to be lazy. So I was giving myself reasons. <laughs> I'm like, you don't need to do like an elaborate cleansing ritual. Just, you know, like you cross some bodies of water, you'll be fine. <laughs> and then I wasn't. So y'all All right. be aware of that. Sure. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to show us some love by leaving a review and liking this episode. Also, if you have an idea for a spiritual podcast and would like to fly under the banner of Burning Hallows, email us at burninghallowsproductions at gmail.com. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.